Because, like I said, I think because we're not in the same room and stuff, there's less, like, the audio doesn't kind of bleed into one another's microphones and stuff like that. So, yeah. it's a lot easier. Like, I find I've, I ran in, well, touch wood, like, I found that I ran into a lot less problems when I was editing this. Um, it makes sense, yeah. So, yeah. So, it's, it's, um, it should be fine. Um, okay, baby, what do you want to hit me with? Oh, take a swig, Daddy. Don't worry. Yeah, Don't worry. We've, 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 it's not like we've started or anything. But you, you go ahead. You take well, a little swig. Right as I was trying to the throw, before, throw the, the fucking before I thought was <laughs> The before I thought was boring chat. So I was going to... I took a swig as a natural pause. And then I was going to go, now we're into the podcast. Okay. But no, you, you've, you've integrated. You've blended the lines between production <laughs> chat and podcast chat. Stuff that... Oh, it's only behind the scenes and only really needs to be known by us and uh, stuff that could be heard by the podcast listener who's interested in such things as how easy it is to edit um, <laughs> when we're on different sides of Glasgow. Is that like how long it's been since we did this that like it was like, okay, I'm ready to go. And you're like, take a drink. <laughs> the natural next step. <laughs> um, um, well, I was going to start off by... Uh, we're we're gonna ha- we're we're a bit embarrassed here at Second Opinion, aren't we, Scott? <laughs> we are um, a little bit. I think I maybe know we're why. A bit, we're a little bit very embarrassing. Um, we have we haven't done an episode for a while with all the lockdown complications. It's made it sort of slightly harder and slightly more stressful. But yeah, there there was a the light. Main... There was a light at the end of the tunnel, and then <laughs> we sort of like fell back deeper into the tunnel than we were initially (laughs) exactly so things went a bit backwards but the biggest piece of news to come out of that since our last episode was that uh cineworld one of the probably uh, one of the biggest cinema chains in the whole of the united kingdom uh, has temporarily closed business they have temporarily Uh, closed business yeah, which is it is a shame um, for all those people um, temporarily losing their jobs. They hope to rehire them afterwards, but it's quite a stretch to ask people to Aye, just, not oh, have just a job fucking, for all this time. Just, just hang about for months on end. Like, <laughs> um, it's not like there's bills but, or anything. Just, just fucking just kick about. Like, um, so it is a it's a big shame for that industry. It's it's is threatening of the whole film industry that like. There, there is no films right now. Will it be able to recover <laughs> all the people's people's jobs in jeopardy? Um, that is rough news. But the reason it's embarrassing to us is because it's all our fault. Our, <laughs> our, our last episode, we tactfully called um, uh, "Second Opinion Saves the Cinema," and uh, in hindsight, it's aged well. I think that title, uh, you know what it's aged entirely well. <laughs> I think. We tried our our damnedest <laughs> to get people back into the cinema by talking about two movies 
both of which I didn't enjoy, <laughs> and one of which you didn't enjoy, and we went, "Yep, this is what's this is what's bringing you back in." Like, come on, kids. In fairness, <laughs> they didn't give us much to work with. We we had Tenet, which was, um, in my opinion, borderline unwatchable. That's uh, <laughs> fucking. Yeah. I mean, I was about and, to say like, "Well, that's like that's like harsh criticism," but I'm like, "Yeah, you know what? Yeah." <laughs> And uh, New Mutants, which I liked. I liked. No, it's no, it's certainly not the film to have safe cinema. No, it's <laughs> never going to be I that. I think that was the that was when the worry really started to set in. Was about a month after we recorded that podcast. You, uh, I think I, I had a few days off work, and I was like, "Oh, you know what? I'm going to take myself to the cinema." Um, and I uh, went onto the City World app, and New Mutants was still showing like several times a day and i was like that right there is not a fucking good sign <laughs> because like if this was if this if everything was normal if new mutants had just came out in a normal fucking non-disease ridden climate it would have been out for a week like it would have yeah. came out friday and it would have disappeared the following friday so the fact that it was still in five weeks or so after we went to see it i was like we are oh, we are fucked <laughs> cinema is fucked um, uh, so we so we rather embarrassingly didn't save cinema. Um, we tried our best. We really did try, it, but the it, thing it is, you know, the cinema is still going. We just didn't save Cineworld. You know, the, you still got no. other other well, chains are available. You know what I mean? Yeah, other chains are available, but I believe um, they have various restrict. Like they've got, I don't know. I actually don't know if this is confirmed. I read somewhere Odeon was thinking of just um, opening for the weekend. Open on the weekends. Yeah. I actually. I actually don't know if they ended up doing that. I should have researched that before this. And um, Sin, like as much as Sin World is the biggest victim in all of this, none of the cinema chains are doing particularly well at the moment. Yeah. Um, no. So it's... it is. It is an industry that's like like many industries at the moment teetering on the edge. Yeah, I think that that that's the hard part. Is like with with more, you're more kind of independent cinemas. They already attracted like a niche audience anyway. And they are inherently small buildings as it is. So it's like, even that is, I mean, like, I don't know how, I went to the, I went to the, the, the GFT cinema, which is like the kind of local cinema in Glasgow. And, um, yeah, we were in the biggest screen, but they had such like intense social distancing in place that like this huge screen i think was barely even a quarter full and that was like their capacity like that was what they were getting in there and i was like like i said i was like this is like a this is a niche market already so like yeah you're you're like trimming that by like three quarters uh so i don't know i just like i hope obviously like i desperately don't want cinema to go away um like in the slightest like i don't get like right now i do get excited when a trailer for something comes out and it's like coming to netflix or coming to amazon prime and i'm like thank fuck because i could just watch it and i i know i can just watch this i don't have to make a big thing about going out and having to yeah. wear my mask and stay away from people and all this thing it's like i could just watch it in my home but i'm like i w- i want to go back to the cinema like yeah. i don't want to have to watch fucking i don't know what's a big movie that's coming out i don't want to have to watch wonder uh, woman 89 87 <laughs> 84. 84. Like 1984. <laughs> uh, I don't want to have to watch that, like, just on my TV. Like, I yeah. want to see that in the big screen with a crowd of people who also want to be there. Um, it's, um, there, there is debates, isn't it? Because there's, like, 
Disney as the Disney shareholder wants Black Widow to go onto Disney Plus. Yeah. Um, so there is like <clears throat> at least controversy within Disney itself whether that should just bite the bullet and go for it. Um, uh, which I would watch. I'd watch that on Disney Plus. It's a bit of a shame to not see because the MCU kind of part of its appeal is going to see it in the cinema with everyone. But yeah, uh, considering that they've got. A billion projects lined up. It wouldn't be a, the biggest. Um, it wouldn't be the biggest regret if just one of them ended up on Disney Plus. Uh, but I think the big one is being debated right now is James Bond. Yeah. Um, which I would absolutely love that to be streamed because I don't think it looks very good. <laughs> I also don't think it looks very good, so I feel like I'd be okay with that one. Um, if it was a high caliber James Bond film, I'd be like, that's quite a shame because I want to see that on the big screen, how you're supposed to see it. But since it doesn't, it looks a bit more like Spectre than anything else. You're yeah. like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll watch that on streaming. Don't worry about it. It's I, like, because I, I am, I am someone who I, I am not a fan of crowds all that much. I really like being around big groups of people. Um, but like the cinema is the one. And gigs, but like, just for the sake of this statement, like, I feel like the cinema is one of the few communal activities that I, I enjoy. Like, I like the idea of yeah. going to see, like, an Avengers Endgame and you're going to see it with, like, a room full of people and there's an energy to it, as opposed to just, like, chucking it on in your in your flat, you know what I mean? It's just, like, yeah, it's just not so the strange. same. It just doesn't have the same... Like, I can't imagine being, like, that hyped for a film and then you know, again, something on the level of Avengers Endgame, being that hyped for it, and then you just you just get home and you just chuck it on on your TV, you know, there's not like a big yeah. event feel around it. Um, I always think of, in that regards, I always think of Annihilation. I fucking love Alex Garland, and mm. when I saw the trailer for Annihilation, I was super, super excited. But then when it got released onto Netflix, it was it's it's so anticlimactic that I didn't watch it for ages. If it had yeah. gone in the cinema, I would I would have gone to see it that week. It'd mm. have been like I'd have been counting down the minutes to go see the new Alex Garland film. But because it was on Netflix, it took me weeks to see it. Yeah. And it's, I, I, it's such a strange disconnect. I still used to try and see uh like even if something was coming to Netflix or like Amazon, I would still try and see it in the cinema if it was possible. Um I tried to see The Irishman. And then the, I was literally getting ready to go to the cinema when my letting agents called me to tell us that we were being thrown out of our flat. Um, so yeah. never ended up seeing that. Ended up watching it in that flat, surrounded by piles of boxes <laughs> because we were having to move Thanks, out. Thanks, Irishman. But we managed I to presume s- it's Martin Scorsese's fault. We managed to squeeze in a little Irishman. Yeah, he didn't think our flat was cinema. So... <laughs> Martin Scorsese could have been that kind of guy. He was so against it being on Netflix, wasn't he? He could have been like, "Right, I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take every person who's watching The Irishman on Netflix, and I'm going to go check their house and make sure it's adequate conditions for watching." But I'm like, Netflix. I tried, Marty. I tried to go see it in the cinema. <laughs> you threw me from my home before I had a chance. <laughs> Dick. I didn't realize that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, well, you know what? Yeah, we tried. I'm going to keep my fucking fingers crossed that we do get a chance to, you know, that that, that, that something like Sydney World opens its doors again. I mean, you know, I'm also like, you know, partially to blame. I know that right now uh, Akira is showing in the cinema uh, in, in a 4K kind of restoration. And I was like, that sounds fucking banging. I do want to see that. But then I was like, 
I also have it on Blu-ray, so I I will just watch <laughs> it in my home. And I'm like, no, that's yeah. but you should have fucking. I'm like, I should have got a ticket and I should have went uh, yeah. and supported my my local cinema. But instead, I watched you know the DVD I bought from Amazon years ago and supported Jeff Bezos <laughs> instead. So uh, <sighs> he needs the money though. I I hear he's broke. <laughs> I hear he's basically done for Jeff Bezos. Um, but yeah. Like I said, we tried. We um, yeah, and now we're back to doing it like this, which <laughs> is definitely a reason as to why we've not done one in a while. Uh, I think we've kind of talked about it in other episodes, but like th- this, this setup is just not as like enjoyable. Um, I don't think, and so it's like, and not in terms of like our conversation. Like I still love, <clears throat> still love hanging out, chanting about movies. It's more the the I had to come home straight after work. And watch this horror movie by myself in the middle of the day in broad fucking daylight, <laughs> like on a on a Wednesday afternoon. It's just like a. It's just not like the same kind of hmm. vibe and stuff. So I think our our plan going forward is to kind of just do these when we have an idea or feel like it. We had an idea for Halloween. Yeah. We have an idea for November. And then I, we'll probably do a Christmas episode. So at the very least, ah, we'll, we'll probably, probably do, do another episode. three. Of and these. we'll do our uh, end of year episode, which is I've, I'm, I'm <laughs> going to be the strangest. Weirdly, fucking... yeah, we're just going to talk about the mutants again. To it. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that right because I was thinking our end of year episode right, and I was like, well, we did look. Oh, that's that's there's not many films we saw in the cinema, and they'll be streaming stuff, but they won't be as plentiful. And then I realized we've covered New Mutants, Tenant. Do, do little Sonic. Yeah, that's four four of the films. Probably about half the films we saw in the cinema yeah. this year already covered on this podcast. Uh, I so that episode is going to be strange one. Right before lockdown, so I'm we're talking right. late February, early March. We had the Glasgow Film Festival happen. Um, yes, and I went to see. I want to say. 10 movies in seven days or something like that wow. it was like it was absurd like i went to see like a whole bunch of shit um and i i do think back on that and i'm like was that just the universe just just being like <laughs> just give him a fucking run of it because he's not gonna get any more cinema time for a long time so let's just give him all the cinema I, and then and then that's I, it you're cut off cold turkey <laughs> it's like the universe gave me one last hit <laughs> I I imagine you coming out the tent film and going oh oh chief ah that's God, a lot. don't want to do what? that again for I'm a while <laughs> I'm gonna say it I'm sick of going to the cinema if only there was some sort of reason I didn't have to go to the cinema for say maybe six months and then go up a bit and then like not go for another six months if only there was some sort of God if you're listening to my prayers and I probably won't mean this later but if you're listening to my prayers. Just let me excuse me for the cinema for six months, then watch two films, and then six months again. I I genuinely think about the amount of times that I have joked to people that like my ideal world to live in is the world from I Am Legend, and then like you know in a sort of like you know an I Am Legend light kind of way, the the universe did provide. Like, um, like any time I go outside, <laughs> I'm fearful <laughs> of people lurking in the shadows, 
and there's have you had to and I'm dog actively break? discouraged from interacting with anyone else, so I might as well be in the city alone. <laughs> um, That's amazing. So yeah, be be careful, be careful what you wish for, you know. Yeah. Um, oh, um, that was the joke. Um, uh, she probably won't appreciate me saying this, but Bernadette always used to quote the office joke that Ray, um, Dwight used to say when he walked through a crowded place. He goes, "We need another plague." <laughs> and Bernadette always used to quote that. <laughs> And uh, now I do hold her to that <laughs> every oh, time where it's inconvenience. And she was like, shut up, that's not funny. Um, um, which it isn't. <laughs> but uh, I really did not, I did not, you know, back when we kind of did the last episode, like I did not think we'd be back in this situation again. No. Um, no. But I was naive, clearly. Um, so here we are, we're playing by the rules, we're doing second opinion remotely. Uh, which is good. So Nicola can't yell at us. <laughs> We've done exactly. nothing wrong. She can't. Um, the the, um, the, sh- the shitty thing e- about the shitty thing about this time around is that at least in the you know we'll call it first lockdown, even though it never really ended. The the first kind of lockdown was like at least you know you can at least go outside, uh, and it was warm and and sunny. Now <laughs> it's fucking like six p.m. and it's it might as well be two in the fucking morning outside it's so dark it really is dark yeah um so it's just like great so now you really really want to be staying indoors um i'm gonna learn morse code with my like lamp switch so that i can communicate to the 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 people in the flats across the across the street hopefully they'll know morse code as well yeah fingers crossed Hopefully they've heard me saying this and they'll be like, I got you. <laughs> Hopefully they listen to this. Um, <laughs> uh, right, so from the the horrific reality of 2020 to, <laughs> to a slightly less um, real reality of Halloween. Ooh, Ooh, how's your Halloween spooky. going this hour? Um, It's, you know... Uh, you know, this time last year, we you had a Halloween party that we went to. I did, to. Yeah. yeah. We were gonna we were gonna have another one this year. Actually, the the uh, after last year's one, we we're like, I think we will do this again next year, but not to um, be. Yeah, and that was be. a fun night. I, and went... I said, let God strike us down if we don't have a <laughs> Halloween party next year. We'll do everything we can in our power. The the heavens will have to rearrange the earth to stop us having another Halloween party. Um, but yeah, we had a great we had a great time. Um, we I dressed as Baby Driver. Uh, yes. You dressed as oh I've forgotten. It was Commissioner Gordon. That was it, Commissioner Gordon. I do remember <coughs> that now. Um, yes. And we had a good time. And this year, uh, we'll probably. I think our plan is we're gonna get some. We're gonna get a bunch of like really shit sweets like stuff you would get if you went out trick-or-treating um yeah and we're just gonna fucking gorge on terrible sweets and watch horror movies on saturday yeah. night i think that is our plan we did go pumpkin picking we went pumpkin picking uh at Cra- oh, that's cool at, at craigie farm uh which was fun uh so we got two two spook boys um who are not lit currently but they're you know they're they're, they're there they're hanging out um so that was fun we got some pumpkins, but uh, what? What about you? What? What? What have your Halloween plans been? Well, I've decorated the flat with Halloween decorations. I, do, I see a little pumpkin party. in the background there. Yeah. Oh, do you? 
Is it? Is that a pumpkin? Oh, I think that, that, that up there. Yeah. This is great visual stuff. That's actually a brain. It's not a pumpkin. Ah, okay. Still creepy. It's, it's a brain. Yeah, it's still creepy, but I've decorated it. I mean, it's for it, it's for no one else because, you know, we're not allowed anybody around anymore, but it's it's still fun to get in the Halloween spirit. And yeah, I think yeah. the same. We're going to watch horror films because I think that's <laughs> it's the only way you can mark Halloween this year. Yeah, pretty <laughs> it's just much. just by watching horror films. Just changing um, the, ca- the caliber of movies that you've been watching uh, <laughs> to be slightly scarier. And that's kind of it. Um I think we're more gearing up for like Christmas. Like we've already started looking at like because we're like, well, if we can't fucking go anywhere this year, and also we didn't get to enjoy Christmas last year because we had to move homes. Yeah. Um. So we were like, you know what? They're not taking Christmas away from us this year. So we've already like started planning like yeah. stuff that we want. That's to what get. you said last like, year. Yeah. At the end of Christmas last year, you're like, I'm going to enjoy Christmas next year. Like God, God, straight me, me down. down. <laughs> <laughs> if Christmas next year is nothing less than perfect. <laughs> um, so yeah, we've started planning for that. We got some good ideas for like what we're gonna do to the. I mean, I say the flat, the living room, like the the. Cause, you, know, you don't need you don't need fucking Christmas decorations in your bathroom. Like that'd be a world god topsy turvy. No. Um, <laughs> that'd be mental. But uh, yeah, we've got some good ideas. So I think that's gonna be more our our jam. But uh, yeah. yeah, for for Halloween, yeah, just. Lots of sweets. Uh, we downloaded a game. We downloaded a game called uh, Don't Knock Twice. Don't uh, Knock Twice. Which is like, apparently it takes like two hours to play. It's like a walking simulator, haunted house kind of deal. Um, but there's also a, mo- it was made, the game was made because like it was to tie into a movie that came out in 2016 called Don't Knock Twice. And we looked it up and that's on Amazon Prime. So we're gonna Ooh, on really? Saturday night we're gonna do the full Don't Knock Twice experience. <laughs> having, that sounds really good. We have no idea what the plot is at all. We just know that the game is like walking around a haunted house for an hour and a half. So we were like, right, we're gonna do the full fucking shebang. We'll play the game and then we'll watch the movie. Um, is that but, the audio you're supposed to watch it in? I don't know actually. I don't know. Maybe I should look that up. But I don't. I, I think it's better to play the game and then watch the movie. You don't. You know. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So. You know, we're still gonna have fun. You just have to, yeah, have fun in the confines of your home, um, and not exactly. your home, surrounded by our friends and loved ones <laughs> in a communal and, gathering. Uh, you could still have a ghost haunting. Ghosts are immune to COVID, I hear. Well, that's the thing. Is like, yeah, we could fucking, you know, a ghost could come visit you. Maybe there'll be some rattling pipes or something on Saturday night. Ah, that'd be fun. That could be fun. Probably not, but. <laughs> What you got? What are you drinking? Starpramen. I've become quite a Starpramen man. Starpramen, look at you. Yeah. Ever since we started serving it at work. Starpramen um, is really nice. Uh, I, not that I know what work is. I don't really... <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't understand that word. I've heard it used in sentences before, but... Um, did, I, did I tell you about the deal, the deal that I got on... Oh, fucking... I forgot we started recording, but no, we can put this in or take it out. Um, did I tell you about the amazing deal that I got on beer? I think so, actually. Like I think uh, you told me last the, week. this beer, this Budvar, um, a website was selling a 24-pack of it uh, for for £10 because it had all gone at a date. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So it went at a date on the 30th of September. Uh, so I'm drinking it, what's this, like the 28th? That's basically a month later. Still totally fine cost me a 10 and i'm still working through them that's a month yeah still fucking working through them um Yaldi. so yeah that was like the fucking best tenor i've ever spent um 
Anyway, do you want to introduce the show, Danny? I will introduce the show. What's up, people of Peopleton? Welcome to Second Opinion Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Jones, and my co-host, Randy Quaid himself, <laughs> Scott Morrison. One of two spook boys. <laughs> um, I, I had to actually consciously think Randy Quaid, not Randy Newman. I just wanted to, you to know what was happening in my head there. Like I said, Randy Quaid, but I had to hesitate before I said the name just to make sure I got the right one. Yeah, well, the, so something that really stressed me out while watching this movie um, is obviously Randy Quaid, brother of Dennis Quaid, um, who it recently became known to the world is the father of Jack Quaid, the main actor from uh, The Boys, um, okay. which I'm in the middle of watching right now. And it really stood out to me the whole time watching this that Jack Quaid does not look like his brother, uh, look like his father Dennis Quaid he looks like Randy Quaid like All he's right. like the fucking spitting image of him in this movie and it was super weird like I kept feeling like I was watching some kind of boys spin-off or something for a little bit but um yeah it's very strange I don't know if there's been some weird goings on in the Quaid family but Ooh. we'll leave it there this isn't like a, it's, well, they, we'll, a conspiracy we'll just, podcast we'll just gossip drop yeah well <laughs> um I we'll be getting reported by like this podcast will be on the Huffington Post tomorrow, being like <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Quaid family, <laughs> new accusations surface. Um, wait, I forgot about Dennis Quaid. Which one's Randy Quaid then? Like, obviously he's know. the one that's in this film. But I, like, I, I, was Randy Quaid in Independence Day? I don't know. I tried. I looked up some some Randy. I looked up some Randy Quaid. I looked up the Randy Quaid. <laughs> Um, but nothing oh, really jumped out I of me. S- but I can't use my phone right now because we're again one no, of the downsides of recording like this is we can't use our phones. Um, oh, that's annoying because I I assumed Randy Quaid was in Independence Day, but maybe I'm getting him confused with Dennis Quaid. Surely it's is it Den- no maybe I don't know I've not seen Independence Day in so long. I don't think is Dennis who does he play? One of the Quaids. The the he plays the guy. Um, the, he's the. Uh, he's the redneck guy who lives in the caravan who he at the beginning says I was abducted by aliens and everyone's like yeah Quaid is that right <laughs> Aye, that's right in it and then at the end he he's the one who sacrifices himself and he's like he does the the, the brilliant line when he's going up into the laser to sacrifice himself because everyone's out of missiles I'm back <laughs> fucking great cinematic moment I love Independence Day so much I just I've not seen it in so very very long um. So yeah, I I don't know. I'm looking at a picture of him right now on Amazon Prime though, and I don't know when this photo was taken. But he does not look at all like what he looks like in this movie. No. Well, I, that's what that's the other thing. I I was like thinking Randy Quaid was the person who went crazy, um. But maybe he's not. Maybe that was Dennis Quaid. Um. There no, was I don't one think that was Dennis like... Quaid is. Is Dennis Quaid crazy? One of them is. We're throwing out a lot of video. scandals. <laughs> do, you, do you remember that video? Um, it was... What was it about? Oh, it was so long ago, I'm struggling to think what it was about. But, like, I think his girlfriend was in the um, background, barely wearing any clothes, if I remember right. And uh, it was something to do with, like, he was in Canada and he was being chased. It was, it was fucking mental. But I can't remember if it was Randy or Dennis Quaid. And since we can't Google it, that's absurdly annoying we're just gonna have to this is what podcasts were like when they recorded them before mobile phones <laughs> yeah when podcasts before the internet yeah you had Radio to go you shows. had to go run to the library 
you had to get your uh, apprentice back then they could yeah. afford apprentices for their podcast you get an intern to to run and get um information look it up but anyway <laughs> to, to to get back One on of the fucking track away from so away uh, <laughs> let's let's get back to being second opinion and not fucking uh i'm trying to think of a mtv news i can't think of any like gossip tmz tmz that's what i was thinking of i was gonna say qmz and i was like that's not right uh we watched Um, we watched parents parents from 1989 uh which is a horror kind of comedy i guess Um, yeah it's like a dark comedy horror directed by bob balaband which I thought uh, was like, I don't know who this chap is. Well, you so know, uh, he, what, you he's, know his he, name. I, I don't know. I don't know much of uh, his. His. I don't know a lot of his work. I know he. I'm trying to think of things you might know, recognize him for. Uh, he's the narrator in Moonrise Kingdom, like the 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 guy who okay. kind of n- narrates the movie. Uh, he is in Mo- George Lately. Clooney's Monuments Men. These are all just things I can think of that are recent. Oh, I didn't see Monument. Um, but he is, I think, quite like a a, a well-regarded American actor. Um, so I just was totally caught off guard when I saw his name. I was like, he 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 directed, um, and I had a little look. Uh, he's directed a few other films. Nothing of like nothing that I recognized. I was going to say nothing of, of note, high regard, but then I'm like, yeah. well, I don't know. Yeah, um, maybe. But yeah, I thought that was just very bizarre. Uh, but yeah, uh, Parents, which stars uh, Randy Quaid. And Mary Beth Hurt as a mother and a suburban mum and dad who have just moved to a new home uh, with their son. Son's a little bit of a kind of an odd fellow, doesn't talk much. Parents don't really seem to understand him. Um, Hmm. And it seems like there's some weird stuff going on with the parents, uh, which the kid is, the kid Michael is a. kind of slowly beginning to discover as they've moved into this new house uh, and starts to unravel this sort of horrific mystery that it, that is his parents and what they get up to. Um, hmm. I guess, spoiler alert, because we're going to talk about the movie, um, it turns out that the parents are cannibals. Uh, is it much of a mystery, though? Like, it's not... Well, it, it's I, a weird, I, yeah, I, it's I, weird. I feel like it's, uh, it's almost... The mystery's not what... what the parents are the parents are so obviously cannibals because the camera keeps focusing on the meat that they're making yeah and they bring the uh, food up a lot i think the the almost the 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 thing you're waiting for is when is the boy gonna find out yeah when when's the boy the penny gonna realize gonna that his parents yeah um but i more just meant like uh like because i was going to talk about that the kind of apparentness of it which i think obviously is very intentional um but um yeah he kind of unravels this the, the mystery that is his parents um and it kind of all ends in quite a horrific <laughs> bloodbath um hmm. and uh yeah i had never heard of this movie uh until quite recently and i i really loved it like i was really into this yeah um, i really liked it as well yeah um it's <sighs> like i i went on letterboxd after i watched the movie um just to kind of see what what people were saying about it and that the first review of it i felt like summed up exactly how i was feeling like the whole time where he was like it's like this is like a long goosebumps episode but if it was directed by like david lynch you know what i mean it has that weirder 
like art house edge to it but it is effectively like a really brutal episode of goosebumps like it's got that kind of goosebumps concept to it yeah um because i've been watching the, <laughs> i don't know if this makes me sound sad at all but like they recently put the first seat or it's not so much the first season i think it's just like an assortment of episodes but they recently put goosebumps on netflix okay uh, so i've been watching it uh recently uh we've kind of been working through it when we carved the pumpkins that i was talking about earlier we had goosebumps on in the background that was a lot of fun um and uh recently we also watched uh me, me and my girlfriend watched the witches because obviously there's the the new witches is coming uh, out. is that the roll dial yes one, the yeah. roll dial uh written uh film uh, obviously there's a new one coming out directed by robert zemeckis with anne hathaway uh hmm. And so I was, like, curious. Katie's a big fan of the original one, so we watched it. Very unsettling, very fucking unnerving, even for a 26-year-old. And, like, (laughs) watching Goosebumps and watching The Witches recently, I was like, man, like, back in the, you know, the the 80s and 90s, they really tried to scare children. Yeah. And they, I feel like, and maybe it's, maybe I just think this because, obviously, I don't really watch children's television now. But, like, I just feel like that's something they don't do anymore. Um, uh, you especially notice it in um, kids' movies. Like, in, say, the 80s or even some point the 90s, they were not afraid to put horrific stuff huh. in kids' films. As whereas kids' films now are a lot more... They do seem a lot more um, safer. Maybe that's because there's a lot more 12 A's and they're meant to be family films. Yeah. And the 12 A's do often have an edge um like the dark knight is a weird one like that's kind of semi sold as a family film because you, they, you they've made it non-violent well i mean they've made it non-violent enough that it, it, it like kids can go see it yeah um so it's weirdly is like because if they if they wanted to do like the sort of story justice the joker would be a lot more horrific if he was slashing people up yeah like if you see some of the violent stuff they are they cut away from a lot of the the intense violence but if you actually saw it it would add a lot to the film but obviously it's been sort of cut back a bit to um to like to be able to be shown to kids theoretically Mm -hmm. so it's weird so as much as kid films have become more um uh like they've become safer Kids are also exposed to a lot of sort of more edgy stuff in the twelve A's. Twelve A's are like I guess so being very sort of pushed edges. I just um, I just think more yeah. for like like yeah like Goosebumps is so marketed towards a young audience, and it's mm. it's still once you get past the like nineties cheese of it all, it's still quite unsettling. The first episode that is available on Netflix uh, is about a girl who she stays late at the library one night and she finds out that the librarian when everyone is left turns into like a weird alien bug man and eats spiders and it's fucking nightmare fuel like even at this age we watched it in bed the other night and katie had never seen an episode of goosebumps and she was like this is fucking deranged <laughs> like he puts the spider in his mouth and then it's obviously like cuts to like a fake spider but the fake spider is like half in his mouth and he's like chewing it being like mm. and she was like i hate this and i was like yeah this is wild <laughs> and then it's the same with the witches the witches has <clears throat> the, the the kind of famous scene have you seen the witches 
I've not. I've uh, I read the book as a kid, but I haven't ah, actually yeah, seen very the film. Very good, Danny. Very good, Danny. Oh, I'm Danny. I no. read the her fucking blah blah blah. Um, I used to love Roald Dahl. As a kid. <laughs> yeah, we all did. We're 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 British. <laughs> um, but yeah, there there's a famous scene in the witches where all the 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 witches take off their their costume, but specifically, uh, the main witch fully takes off her like human suit to reveal this like hideous fucking like lanky goblin like character and it's still a nightmare to watch at this Mm. age like it really unsettled me and then you look at the you they they revealed what Anne Hathaway looks like in this new movie when she takes her uh you know takes her fucking witch kit off or human kit and it's just like her with like a big creepy smile like they've made the mouth like you know like go like all over her face and stuff and it's like big and she's got sharp teeth and i'm just like that's just fucking so tame yeah like so tame and i'm like why what is it that's changed in the in in recent times that like they just don't want to fucking scare kids anymore and i guess it's because you know you know a lot of a lot of things in terms of you know the the way children should be brought up and, and and things like that has changed a lot even in like you know 20 years uh and so maybe a lot of it has to do with that but yeah man i'm like you know what like getting scared as a kid like that that that's you know part of prepping you for the fucking real world like sometimes it's scary and it's like you know i just feel like it was there there was some demented shit out there back then uh but anyway i got onto that tangent i know that's not exactly relevant to the parents because the parents is not made for children but uh, but par- but the thing is, parents isn't made for children, but it is from the perspective of the child. Yeah. Um, which does make it. It really, um, it probably, the best thing it does is captures that sort of, that fee- that uneased feeling when you were a kid of like everything adults doing being strange and you're yeah. not 100% sure why. I think that's that's the feeling it's trying to capture. This um, when you're a kid, adults do things, and uh, it doesn't always quite make sense to you. Mummy and, and daddy like, are just wrestling. They're just wrestling. That scene is in this film. Um, uh, uh, we're just wrestling scene. Yeah. Um, but like that's the that's the sort of spirit it's trying to capture. And I guess that for the first half of the film, you're trying to decide whether uh, something sinister is happening or whether he's just projecting a lot of stuff onto it yeah um because so did you i guess that that kind of leads into like what you were talking about earlier like there there isn't from our perspective there isn't a mystery really it's very obvious from the very first moment that you see the meat you're like that's that's like a kidney like that's that's human meat um yeah and it's kind of like i guess how do we do we do we get to that point was there any part of you that kind of thought like maybe this will just be like the child's perception kind of thing like messing with him and maybe he just thinks his parents are weird for the actual fact they're just totally normal and you know what i mean i don't think i did i think i guess i was sold on this being a cult film that was like um that would have probably eventually like i think it would have been maybe too much of an anti-climax mm. for this film to turn on it's like oh nothing's happening because there is nothing um, anti about the, the climax of this movie like it's no. fucking great i did uh, at, b- because the the randy quaid's character does work at a chemical plant so i did wonder halfway through whether it was going to be some sort of like weird creatures i was like maybe maybe it'll go in a slightly sci-fi way 
of maybe it's this is not the meat of humans or maybe he's like grown yeah. creatures because he's doing like a I did, I, science thing. I thought especially I never... especially because at the beginning there's the 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 girl in Michael's class that he becomes friends with and she's kind of joking at the beginning of like oh I'm I'm from the moon. Uh like mm. that's where I'm from and stuff like that and I was like is this setting up that there's going to be like a like an alien twist to this movie? But yeah. it doesn't quite it doesn't go that extreme at all no uh, but. well i don't think i i don't think i ever was sold that that's when it where it was gonna go i, f- I feel like there was like the possibility was r- like resting in the back of my mind is like will will it do something like that will he use like chemicals deformed or maybe something like aliens because it does the only thing is it does feel obvious that they're cannibals mm-hmm. and it, it like you do you don't feel any sort of mystery in that i feel like it maybe could like if if it wanted to surprise on that it maybe should have gone somewhere down that road mm. of like deformed chemicals, because they're the the twist that they are cannibals feels like a well yeah yeah of course they are like yeah that, that feels like it was indicated from the start. I also thought because they in a very sort of Hannibal Lecter esque way, like they you know along with eating their human meat, they love they love their wine, they love their red wine, um, mm. and I did keep waiting for the moment where it was going to turn out that. The wine bottles in the cellar were filled with blood. Um, yeah, they know because oh, I, I kept looking when that. they when they had the wine glasses, and I kept looking at them, and I'm like, is that is that is this one like is that meant to be thicker and redder than like a normal wine? But they never quite go that far. Um, but I I did think there was going to be an element of that. Um, something that there is is that did fucking gross me out is they make the meat look disgusting in this movie. I'm see, um, here's my thing. I wasn't sure if the meat looked disgusting or whether the implication was making it look disgusting. No, it looks fucking revolting. That sandwich yeah, okay. in the final shot is the worst yeah. thing I've ever seen. Also, we will, who we'll, the we'll, fuck... We'll, sorry. <laughs> who the fuck sends a child to bed and then on their bedside table puts a glass of milk and then a full fucking meat-stuffed sandwich? Like, that's insane. If you put a child to bed, you put them a fucking bed. <laughs> I feel like that is jumping ahead a little because that's no, right, a but I just still twist at the end. Um, but <laughs> it's it's a lot. It's a big fucking sandwich, and um, I think we'll, we'll have to come back to the end of that because that's no, it's a, that whole end section's a whole thing on its own. Because I think like it's it, you know that thing of oh is it the implication? I think like you know you watch the the Hannibal TV show and they make the stuff he cooks look amazing. But you always yeah. know that that's human meat. You know what I mean? But it still looks... The, the presentation is incredible. Whereas, yeah, this, mm. everything they had in this movie just looks revolting. <laughs> it's gluttonous as well. Not only is it like... Because um, I, 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 I wasn't sure if it looked revolting or whether it was like, oh, that look, that's supposed to be human, so it feels revolting. Mm. But it's not just that. It's just the amount. Yeah. The amounts the, the they're 100%. constantly cooking. They're they're outside in the they're they're outside barbecuing all of this meat and it's just a, <laughs> a pile of just meat yeah. that they're just slowly cooking outside. Yeah. There, there's it's nothing. I I don't get like there's nothing good looking about too much like meat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I I you know like I eat meat. I don't eat nearly as much of it these days as I used to. But like I still enjoy a good steak. You know what I mean? And I can appreciate hmm. the the look and the presentation of a good steak, but when you see, like, I wouldn't want 
even two stakes piled on top of each other. I'm like, that's too many of those. So yeah. like seeing them have just this fucking mountain. <laughs> the stakes are too high. <laughs> Good. I clapped myself. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, yeah. There's there's just nothing like there's nothing good looking about that. Um, no, about the just the, the the copious amounts of of fucking raw meat <laughs> that they have. Um, but um, yeah, I guess the other thing that it's trying to go for, like as well as the you know, and this is very obvious. Obviously, it's like the aside from uh, that whole kind of child like point of view of everything strange and peculiar i guess the other thing they're trying to go for is like the the whole idea of this 50s suburban lifestyle is an inherently yes. kind of it, creepy that, that's something yeah the setting it's is too, 1950s it's too squeaky clean and it's like what's going on under the surface of this which mm. is i feel like every movie that's ever been made about suburbia is about that. <laughs> like, yeah. It's about it's, like it's, it's quiet almost... suburban town, some fucked shit happens. <laughs> like uh I feel like I don't have I couldn't possibly name something a piece of media I've been exposed to that's been out since uh like I sort of started com- consuming media that was using 1950s as a good sort of mm. uh, authentically. It always feels like, cause that's, that's the whole, if you've ever played the fallout games, that's the whole point of that is it's all the 1950s suburbia contrasted with a nuclear mm. wasteland. Like I've only ever seen 1950s, like uh, the 1950s aesthetic used as like, a contrast to something sinister. Mm. I can't think of one thing I've consumed that was like that embraces that. It's because something I feel like when you watch, uh, it like kind of you know I don't know if you ever see like like just footage of that time period. It just it just it doesn't feel of this world. Like it doesn't feel real. It always yeah. just feels. But too... is that because we've been because. Yeah, is that because we've been exposed to so much of it being used ironically? Maybe, maybe. But there's just something like imagine, like it's like, like even something like a like a you know like watching Mad Men, uh, and it's like Don Draper on his fucking day off. He's still kicking about in like a dress shirt and like trousers. <laughs> and I'm like, imagine you've got to nip down the fucking corner shop and you're like, oh, I better chuck on my three piece suit to like walked out of the fucking day to day i mean it's just there's it's a, just so surreal um and they have those pajamas good, uh, and the pajamas are like proper fucking like <laughs> button-up pajamas and like trousers and stuff and i'm like i'm literally sat right now wearing like a hockey like a, a rugby jersey sorry and like this is my pajamas like <laughs> um uh, it's just like a piece a of good... clothing that i decided you will be worn in bed <laughs> Um, there's a good uh, 30 Rock quote of that where um, Alec Baldwin's um, um, Jack Donaghy is like um, Liz Lemon asks oh why are you wearing a tuxedo and he's like it's after 6 what am I a farmer <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much um, it's uh, what was I going to say it's um, <laughs> this film is a good precursor for the up and coming One Division series because that feels like it's yeah, doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's gonna it's gonna start off with the typical nineteen fifties sitcom, but contrast it with the fact there's a sinister element of um, 
alternative reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously there's the famous one of Pleasantville, um, which is like I've never seen probably the. Um, you should. It's good. It is is that the film. one that's uh, in black and white, and then but uh, until it's in color, and then it's in color. Uh, well, it's in black. What they they go into? It's literally a sitcom town. They go into like it's the town within a sitcom. Okay, and uh, and everything's perfect, and idyllic, nineteen fifties. But every time, uh, Tommy Maguire and the girl who is famous. What I can't remember who the fuck. The it girl is. who is famous is fine. We could all deter from that. Who you're talking about? <laughs> oh, it's annoying. She deserves credit because she is good at it. Um, they, they, every is it time Kirsten Dunst? Something maybe. Goes, no, no. I feel like no. that rang a bell, but I have never seen the movie. So. Is Toby Jeff, da- is Jeff, da- Jeff Daniels is in Pleasantville, right? Jeff Daniels is, yeah. Right, I got that part right. So there's no reason why I yeah. couldn't be right about that. But he's not the famous actress. <laughs> I feel bad because I've not credited her. Um, so every time they introduce something from the modern world, um, that that bit turns into color. Um, so that, that that's why, and then eventually, to, uh, the, the, um, the bigger impact they have, the more of the world turns to color. Mm. Um, so they use it quite well, and it's kind of like it's the poster. It's like the poster child of that using the nineteen fifties mythol like uh, symbolism as a contrast to something else. It's mm. like the poster child for it. Um, it has the fucking brilliant thing of every breakfast there's a stack of pancakes. Yeah, that which is yeah. like is nobody's breakfast at all, but because it's like in that sort of iconography. I think it, it's strange because it doesn't resonate with us because um we obviously didn't grow up with that because that's very much a uh, a boomer thing. Mm. Um the baby boomers were the one who grew up with that and that's this is made in 1989 so it's still appealing to that sort of um it can still appeal to that sort of age group. Yeah. As whereas us, as I say, we've just never seen it as anything else but sinister. <laughs> yeah. We can't help but see it as sinister because we've been conditioned to think of it as um, alien and strange and too good and also uh, a representation of white privilege. Like yeah. Fifty suburbia. That's what what that was the poster child of white privilege. No, absolutely, absolutely. Hmm. I think in in terms of that like kind of suburbanness as well like Randy Quaid and Mary Elizabeth Hunt like her sorry like they they look like the idyllic version of yes, the parents you definitely. see in like the the kind of adverts from that time period or like footage from that time period like they look like yeah just exactly what you envision um hmm. when you think about that uh I also thought it was funny in terms of like I guess kind of, you know, like 50s parenting and, you know, maybe there was a lot more like discipline towards children and things like that uh, in the way that like parents acted towards their their children. Like, I, I feel like they just fucking seem to resent the fact that they even have a child for the whole movie. <laughs> like, um, they do a bit. Like, Especially I love them. Yeah, I love the moment when they come in, when he comes home from school and they're so surprised. They're like, what are you doing home? And he's like, school finishes at quarter to three. And they're like, oh, quarter to three. We need to remember that for next time. <laughs> it's like, they clearly just fucking see him as like an inconvenience. Um, and I love the line like much later in the film uh, when kind of shit's hitting the van <laughs> um, and the dad is like threatening the child and the mom's like, don't hurt him. And he's like, it's fine. We'll just have another one. <laughs> we'll raise Um, this one right yeah that was it and we'll raise this one right yeah um 
but yeah, I, I thought they were perfect. Like Randy Quaid, especially, I feel like was kind of that was it got to the point where like he was what I was there for. Um, hmm. Like he's just he so so it. perfect. Um, Good kid actor as well. Yeah, I feel yeah, like I recognize him. The but... sort of... Oh, I don't know. Um, I don't know about that, but he feel he he's obviously playing a strange introverted child, and he is strange. Mm. Um, probably because he's raised by two cannibals. Uh, even if he doesn't know it, but he he he's very strange and he plays that very well. Yeah, the yeah. um, I also felt like the the dream sequences in this were like there's a lot the, of surreal imagery. In yeah, this. well, they're kind of yeah. and and I think because you know that there's parts of the film that are violent, but it's nothing hmm. over the top. You know, you see some people getting stabbed and things like that, but it's it's nothing it's nothing insane. But they have these dream sequences which are just so over the top the one that particularly stood out to me is uh where he sees the hand in the oh that's horrible uh that is it like i i, I think it's a, an american thing to have like a dispensal at a, a the, yeah the, the thing that cuts off the shit sink. In sink yeah uh, and it's like yeah, spinning it's like around in that. yeah um that was incredibly violent you have that kind of like surreally beautiful scene at the beginning when he jumps into the bed and the bed turns into an ocean of blood and he's like, yes, drowning in that. It's drowning, and, um, yeah. I think that's where the kind of those you, elements uh, of it are where those elements of it are where the kind of David Lynch kind of comparisons come from. I guess those kind of just you, abstract, dreamlike sequences. Are you going to ignore the sausages in the room here? What's the sausage? The most, the most bizarre surreal image when uh, the kid is hiding in the cupboard oh, and then yeah. there's a bunch of sausages above him and the, and the sausages sort of, they they move down and then wrap him up and start to strangle him. Yeah, that is it's fucking crazy. I forgot about that one. Um, the sausage strangling scene. That tells you, tells you something when Scott Morrison forgot about the sausage I did forget about machine. the sausage scene. Uh, I guess because, yeah, there's a lot to, there's a lot in this movie. Like it really, really <laughs> caught me totally off guard um like i was not kind of expecting to be this wowed by it uh because i didn't really know what it was going into it um hmm. so yeah i thought it was great it's also crazy that, that, that and i guess i guess this is a testament to like well not a testament maybe that's another word i'm looking for but what we were just talking about with um them you know them being the idyllic suburban parents and everyone in the suburbs has this kind of dark secret uh something that like plays into that idea is the fact that his job that the dad's job is to like design like wep like like biological gas- yeah weapons. biological weapons to drop on other yeah. like which that's is a strange scene but i guess that's <laughs> what they're trying that I, I, again that's and you know it's maybe in a very extreme version of it but it's like that this idyllic squeaky queen lifestyle is built off of dark shit you know what i mean yeah because uh, they he the the scene is because he's got his son in the scene which yeah, is weird <laughs> they're just talking and, about like oh if you drop this uh this <clears throat> these pelts on monsoon season like they'll get released into the air and you'll fucking wipe out like all their crops and i was just like man this is dark <laughs> like it's so strange his job is so strange that's why i guess that's why i thought it would come to play mm. i mean it does um he gets some of his. He, I think he gets most of his meat. Yeah, he gets from the, the meat because they they give him cadavers. At, to, at the, I guess to yeah. see what. I I don't know what they're. I think they do mention it at one point, like why they have cadavers. It's they can kind of test the way like 
parts of the body react hmm. to certain chemicals and things like that. Uh, well, so it says, he's just it like, says it's the human testing room. So I guess mm. whatever they're testing is killing people, and mm. that's the bodies are the things that are left over. That's my guess. Um, but yeah, uh, do you want to? Shall we talk about like the the kind of ending, the climax? Because so there's like a fun twisted stuff, and yeah, yeah. And um, so uh, he he goes, he explores downstairs um, one night, and he finds. <laughs> one of the strangest imageries, uh, one of the most horrific images, a foot just on a meat hook yeah, from the from the, the roof of the ceiling, um, and he tells his um, uh, school social worker, yeah. which is it's it's a, a, a sort of a great moment in horror where you're just like as soon as he sees something bad, he's like, I'm gonna go tell someone straight yeah. away, <laughs> and she he takes her over to the house and she's like. She doesn't see it at first, and she's like, "Oh, I don't know. I think you're." She's like worried about his mental health, and she's like, "Oh no, see, it's just a basement. It's just a bit scary." And then she's prodding out of a window thing, and then a body falls on her. Yeah, and she's like, "Ah!" And then the dad gets home. And, oh, incidentally, the by like, the way, incidentally, that has it contains the best shot of the movie, which is the screen. Oh, it's when she which screams, then the camera yeah. goes up through the vent of the house, up through the chimney. And then you could hear the scream coming out of the chimney as the dad is pulling up in the car. That yeah. was phenomenal. Like, I fucking loved that so much. Yeah. It's a strange shot, but, like, it is. And, like, because it ends with, like, you seeing that Randy Quaid's come back. And you're like, oh, shit, she's fucked. And uh, so it ends with the social worker dying in one of the most bizarre scenes. Yeah. She's hidden she's hidden in one of those sort of cupboards with one of the sort yeah, of Yeah, like it's got like the, the vents. Kind of, yeah, it almost yeah, looks like, like slits like, vents blinds, but like obviously they're yeah, fixed like they're wooden on yeah. a cupboard. And like Randy Quaid stabbed a knife through the um, through this like slits in order to get to her and it's playing like surreal the 1950s mm. music and like uh, upbeat music as she's trying to get stabbed and then when she gets out he fucking whacks her with, with a, a golf, golf club. club but I, that that was the other part is like I love uh, like in the next scene the, the boy wakes up and he's tied up to a chair um, yeah and the parents are kind of trying to like oh you know like you don't have to worry about what's going on and da 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 but the, the, they, they have the room spinning which yeah. I love because again it just adds to that just surrealness of it um yeah uh yeah so i was really into that um it's really cool it's a really cool sort of imagery of like the whole room moving around while they yeah. just sat there talking to him uh but yeah the um the dad the dad well the the dad the the mom and dad cook the the social worker um they <laughs> serve it to the child as like a if you do this you know like you can the mom's like i didn't get it at first but now i understand and now i love it uh, and as he goes to eat the meat, the kid stabs his dad with a knife. So the dad is going to just go kill Michael. Um, and The mother isn't happy with the that. The mother isn't happy about that. She turns against the dad, tries to kill him. He kills the mum. Uh, and then finally, the, the conflict ends when Michael tips the wine cabinet onto Randy Quaid, the dad, um, and puts him out of his misery. And so Michael is now saved from his crazy cannibal parents. Um, crazy I do, I do like that the mum, like I, I like that the mum doesn't, you know, that there's, mm-hmm. there's still a, there's still a semblance of good in her. 
Um, well, they they hint that throughout. I guess all because of it, throughout the whole film, because she thinks he's being too harsh on him. But I guess especially I, because. The setup, just in case you're worried, the kid turns out to be a cannibal. He's been refusing to eat this whole time. Yeah. Um. He's he. There's been a problem where they can't seem to get him to eat the meat. Um, and she's like, she obviously because she knows it's a human being they're eating. She's like, oh, don't be so, don't worry about it. Like, yeah, yeah you can go off to bed. Don't worry about it. And he's like, no, he's got to learn to eat his people sometime. He's got to eat his people right uh. now. I've had enough of it. So it makes sense that she turned against. But I also think Randy that Quaid her her turning against Randy Quaid, like again, plays into that idealistic version of the family they had in the fifties, which is very much like the mum dealt with the children, and the mum had the kind of relationship with the children and stuff, and the dad he worked and he was you know he did his thing, yeah, uh, and the mum dealt with the house and the kids and stuff like that. So I guess it kind of plays into that idea as well that she. Hmm in the end like sides with the child um but then they have the 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 one final scene which i really love um which uh, you see coming like the second the scene yeah. starts but it's uh well, i think well, well, you uh because he wakes up at his grandparents house and the first thing you think is which grandparents which grandparents yeah it it hints that randy quaid's the cannibal and the wife goes along with it mm. so if it's the maternal grandparents it's like well that's fine because they they're probably normal people but you're like is it the paternal is it the paternal grandparents is it is it randy quaid's parents that yeah. we've gone to um but no it is randy quaid's parents um and so i love the final scene in the movie where they the, the parents the grandparents take him to bed I love you, Grandma. I love you, Granddad. We love you. And then they, I think I said earlier, they place a glass of milk and a meat sandwich next to his bed. <laughs> and it ends with Michael just staring at the sandwich, like, kind of wide-eyed um, as he realizes the the, the reality Scott of the Morrison. situation. Have you ever seen, before this film, uh, a genuinely sinister shot of a sandwich? I have not, I don't think, but... I was thinking that as I saw it. I was like, because there is a genuineness to it. I'm like, I'm genuinely scared of this sandwich. Yeah. It's just <laughs> that's such the final a final shot. It's just such a funny ending. Like, I loved it. Mm. Um, it's brilliant. But yeah, it's I just, like I said, I think I'm like really excited about this movie because it did just kind of, I'd never heard of it until you recommend, like until you brought it up and it was just kind of this thing that came out of nowhere and, um, Hmm. it's wildly good yeah yeah um, i think it lost me a little bit in the middle i think there was um it's strange because it's a short film but there's just a little bit of uh, a gap between all the sinister build-up and then the reveal where there's there was a bit uh, i was sort of, sort of, sort of like fading away out of interest uh. because there's only certain amount they can do with the build-up and i feel like the it, there's like a it's not even long it's like a 10 minute gap where i was like starting to fade away and like i was starting to go okay right i think at some point soon they really need to you know up the ante yeah but from the but for the most part pretty much all of the first half of this film and then almost all of the second half is just brilliantly made and mm. just like fantastic cultish fun horror watch yeah um it's it's yeah i'm kind of i'm kind of baffled that Bob Balaband like directed this and th- there isn't this isn't kind of a bigger hit and more well known and the other things he's made are well known like it's um because this is yeah this is crazy good like I really this is gonna become I think one of my new kind of Halloween season that's like gonna show people parents because this is great yeah um 
but yeah no like i really enjoyed that i'm glad we uh i'm glad this was our big comeback was for parents <laughs> it's a good horror film yeah man and i hope that it's what always was... the, it's always the difficult thing with with recording these episodes is that we want people to watch this but if you listen to this podcast <laughs> it will probably spoil the movie so yeah um, um it's still worth what still worth it to watch randy quaid it's also very short so you can rattle through it it's very quickly. short it's one hours 22 minutes so <laughs> does not take that's up much basically of time. nothing um, um what was what was our halloween episode last year i don't know daniel evil dead maybe wonder, evil was... dead remake oh did we do that in fairness we do horror films um yeah we do them a lot so no <laughs> so we can't be tell i was gonna say if it um held up but um in fairness i can't remember what it was so yeah it's a pointless um, thing but that is us that's our big fucking return to form Second opinion, baby. Back in the bag. Woo! And we're, we've overcome the embarrassment, I think, of not, not being able to cinema. save cinema. We saved some of cinema. We saved a bit <laughs> of cinema. It's just another bit, bit of it is gone now. But it might come with back. My, <laughs> with my lukewarm love of New Mutants. That's the thing that saved it. Yeah. The one guy who has an appreciation <laughs> for that movie. I, I haven't found... No, I have not found another good review of um, New Mutants. because it was like, bad. not because from... it was a bad movie and there's no good <laughs> was reviews Was it really for that it. bad? Yeah, it was Was fucking... it really that bad? Yes, go listen just... to our episode. I'm not getting into it again. <laughs> I feel like New Mutants was just, like, at the very best, okay. I like, will not be baited into a second worst, sorry, debate about this movie. If you want to hear about it, we have a whole fucking episode dedicated to it. <laughs> fair enough fair um enough. but yeah i guess um we could just call it there where can uh yeah. where can people find us if they were so inclined they can find us in our homes i brought it back Dude, i brought it back remember that joke i thought i'd heard that for the last time <laughs> i think i said the last time i said it this will be the last time yeah i know <laughs> but it wasn't um you can find us at because you jinxed opinion. it um <laughs> i did jinx it you can find us at Second Opinion. That's second with a two. You can find us on Facebook or you can find us on Twitter. We never go on Twitter, but you're welcome to go there. <laughs> um, if you added us on Twitter, I would get a notification about it on my phone. Well, that means so go no on. one. No somebody one's engaging. <laughs> um, somebody somebody uh, at me so I can get a surprise notification from Twitter. Because <laughs> I never get notifications from Twitter anymore. Um, but until next time... I guess we won't spoil what the next one is, but I'm quite excited about the next episode. I feel like that'll be fun. But yes, I guess we won't spoil it. I guess it's more fun to just do it. Uh, <clears throat> but until then, it's been a pleasure, Danny Jones. It has been a pleasure. We're going to stop recording, but obviously we'll we won't stop video chat and we'll keep talking for a little bit. Yeah, because uh, you have we, to. There's chats we want. We don't want you guys to hear. That's the exactly. Point. That's that's just for us because we're friends on the down low. Don't think you're missing out on anything. It's probably just a bit too boring to put in the podcast. That's probably why. Um, amazing. We'll see you next time, everybody. Eat your JK bye, Simmons. Bye, bye, bye. I love you. Bye. Eat your JK Simmons. Bye.